I saw the most gorgeous sunrise today. I was driving the school bus and over Lake Superior. The sun was rising and it was just turning all the clouds red and pink. And I was just thinking how even in the darkness, the glory of God can appear. And it reminds me that in today's episode, where Esther had to take a stand and it's a pivotal time in her nation, she is just a wee lass in a huge kingdom. What can she do? But God had placed her right where she was so that when the time had come, she could rise and move forward like a beautiful sunrise against a dark sky. It would not be easy, but it was what was needed for such a time as this. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast, Storming the Gates, and our next installment of the series for such a time as this, as we go through the book of Esther. In my last Elements of Prayer uh, series, I spoke on fasting. And because of that, I'm going to go briefly back to Esther 4, verses 13 through 17. This are the is where those verses pop up that represent the pivotal moment in the book of Esther. I also want to add that I am on the last day, thankfully, of a seven-day no-solid-food fast. And because we talked about fasting, I want to share how this affected me. I mean, the first few days, I'm generally hungrier than usual. And the last few, I felt ditzy. And that doesn't always happen. But I've definitely had some physical effects. But I really begin to have a certain sadness And I have that sometimes at the end of a fast, and it hit me today. So even though seven-day fasts don't always bring me as close to the Lord as the longer ones, I became aware of a change God had made in me through a number of events, uh, but mostly through just His Holy Spirit. I had been listening to a podcast today, and I just found I was losing interest. So even though there were a couple of my favorite speakers and topics that I'm fully engaged in, yet something in my heart was just like, bleh. It was uh, like I was pushing away distasteful food, and I was longing for the pure word and the presence of God. And that sort of renewal within me can only be attributed to a fast. In the natural, we're going to crave more and more videos and entertainment, more and more podcasts in my case just as one craves sweets, the more one is given them. Yet instead of having to remind myself to turn away from a video and seek God's face, like, come on, Joni, time to read the Bible. Man, I just wanted to. And that is a sensation that I definitely want more of. And so many times at the end of a fast, I have a bittersweet feeling of ending it when I know the Lord is really touching my heart and drawing me close to him through that All right, so now let's go ahead and take a look at Esther 4, verses 13 through 17. It begins with Esther replying, or Mordecai replying to Esther, says, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, 
Gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast from me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will likewise fast. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. This past Sunday, uh, one of the things my pastor said in his sermon was, Whatever we sacrifice, God empowers. We may sacrifice as a fast social media, coffee, hobbies, and God is surely going to use that sacrifice to empower us. But here, Esther shows she has both urgency and a strong desire to be empowered because it's only a three-day fast, but to go without both food and water is brutal. Also, she calls for a fast among the Jews and among her maidens. Now, Jesus points out we should fast privately in order not to draw attention to ourselves or disfigure our face. And he said that our Father, who sees in secret, will reward us openly. But there is definitely a time to call a general fast for a large group. Joel 2.15 tells us that in time of emergency, we should blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast. Sometimes, especially in times of urgent needs, we just have to uh, call that fast, join in with a group of people. And then again, think of this. You are alive today. That means you have a call. You have a purpose. And who knows but that you are called today to fast for the thing that is tugging on your heart. Esther had a choice. She could ignore the emergency. She could stay safely tucked inside her castle. And I suspect she considered it. I know I would have. I mean, it had to be frightening. Not just to fast, but to stand before an unpredictable king. It was risky business. And it took faith. So is God asking you to fast? Have you asked him if he's calling you to fast? You may have been born into such a time as this. I had a friend who passed away this past week, and I learned something about him. I knew him from a prayer meeting I was at, and I learned that when he retired, he decided that his new full-time job would be spending time with God. And he heard about the prayer meeting, and he had just walked in one day and said, God told me to come here, so I'm here. And there he was for about six, seven years, And I can't help but think he was called to that prayer meeting for such a time as this. It's a pivotal time in our nation and in the things we were praying about. And when it was done, God said, "Um, well done, my good and faithful servant. All righty, now let's move on to chapter 5, verse 1. Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace, across from the king's house, while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house. Lots of royalty going on there. Facing the entrance of the house. So it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, What do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. Alrighty, well, first of all, Esther approaches the king after she lays aside her garments of mourning. 
she steps into the garment that only she has the authority to wear. Guess what? If you're a child of God, you have such a garment. You are called to be the king and priest in God's court and the queen. Through the blood of Jesus, we receive the forgiveness God has offered, and then he gives us authority to stand in his courts. And I'm sure Esther was nervous, but you know what? It doesn't matter how we feel. It is who we are. So Esther stands in a hallway. Excavators in the area have discovered that it is a vast hall, 70 pillars. I mean, I can't help but think of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer approaching the Lion King on the Island of Misfit Toys. That's the idea I get. Well, Esther would have stood at the far end, the porch section, and the king would have viewed her from afar. And as she's standing there, she's taking a deep breath, ready to die if necessary. And the king sees her. She's standing where no one is allowed to go unless bidden. But he holds out his golden scepter. He offers grace to his queen. And she moves forward to touch it and accept his offer. And then the most incredible words come from the king's mouth. Not only does he allow her to approach the throne, he says, What do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given you up to half the kingdom. Whoa, God has done exceedingly abundantly beyond all she could ask or think. Was it her beauty that made him offer up to half his kingdom? Was he tipping the old wine goblet again? Well, there might be a number of reasons in the physical we can name, but please remember that this offer followed a corporate intense three-day fast. Through the years, I've been involved in a number of corporate fasts, and I've seen churches fill up, people get saved, and healings, and even a French sense of joy afterwards. And yet so many times the recipients of such things have said something to the effect of, wow, that was a great service. The worship team really played well. Or we have to have that person speak again. He did a great job. What? I'm like, no. Did you already forget that we fasted? Don't you realize God is moving in answer to a fast? Sometimes we look back at the camaraderie and love and fellowship through the year. We pat ourselves on the back and we think, what a great loving people we are. The truth is, God protected us from division due to a fast earlier in the year. The best example of this came years ago when I was part of a church plant. Man, we'd gotten beat up the first year or so. We were slandered. We'd lost key helpers, financial problems. Finally, our time had come where we just decided all we could do was fast and pray once a week. We had no Bible study, no service, just fast and pray. Well, about six months into our fasting and prayer times, a number of teenagers received a special touch from God and committed their lives to him. We were filled with rejoicing. Well, the leader of our group ended up scheduling a Bible study to disciple those teens the same day we had been fasting and praying. But what about the prayer, I asked. I was kind of appalled at that decision. Why couldn't he see that it was the times of fasting and prayer that caused that breakthrough? Well, we can still pray beforehand, he said, which we did for a little while, a very little while. And soon the fasting and prayer went by the wayside for a long season. And while those teens ended up being the beginning of a new church, 
we never really did experience a full breakthrough I know God had for us. Well, at the end of this seven-day fast I just did, I saw clearly my first role is to spend time with God, to listen to Him, to desire Him above all earthly things, to let Him be my news. I need to dress in the robes of righteousness He's given me, to enter His courts, to wait for the scepter of His favor to be held out. I can get caught up thinking changes come through someone's wise words or someone's courageous actions. And you know what? That can be the result of prayer and fasting. But the power lay first in the fasting and prayer. And here's something else that we see in this scripture, that the king had favor. He saw her, and it's like, you know, His eyes twinkled with delight at seeing her take this risk to approach him. And I think that's how God is. He loves us and he is just yearning to um, show us favor, his divine favor. And every day he's doing special things for us just because he loves us. And he watches us all the time because he just can't take his eyes off of us. So Lord, I lift up, I lift up this time, Lord God, that we have been born into. There is no time like right now. And you are calling us, Father, to step into that hallway. You are waiting there with a golden scepter that you desire to uh, hold out to us that we may lay hold of the things that are in your heart for us. God, Help us, Lord God, to love you, to serve you, to come first to you. Okay, God bless you. We will see you next week for such a time.